0: Road rage
1: <laughs>
0: Road rage.
2: Live from Shelley's Back room. It is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's backroom politics live on blog Talk radio. I'm your moderator, Justin Russell. Joining me around the table, Congressman Al Swift, Bob Hines, Carl Tuven, Alan Moore, Dan Lipner, and Rear Admiral Ken Carradine. It's Tuesday, which means it's time for backroom politics. Let's join the roundtable live at Shelley's Backroom, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's
3: Good. Good afternoon, America. I'm Ken Carradine, and I'm this week's guest moderator, aided ably by a soon to be arriving Dan Lipner. Also joining us in the, around uh, the table today is Ms. Denise Kreb, former general counsel at the Department of Homeland Security. And, group, what a great week we've had in politics. Let's start off talking about the gift that keeps on giving Hillary Clinton's emails. So a federal judge has uh, expedited the release of another 15,000 gems of joy, and uh, many people are standing by waiting to see what's out there. Uh, I guess the real question I have is what did Hillary Clinton do to torque off Julian Assange, and what, uh, is, do we expect there to be a, a September and, a, and an October surprise? Denise? Yes, I, I,
4: I do. Uh, I went through the... Uh, the pages that Judicial Watch released a couple of days ago, and um, they had some nuggets in there. And, uh, you know, Peabody Energy asking for meetings. And if there are a couple of bigger nuggets, she could have some problems. I mean, Peabody was a problem. There are some others that raised my eyes. I don't think so. But, again, if he has something and he says he does, she needs to know now what he has.
5: Well, I think that... You're correct in in saying that it could cause your political problems. But this whole thing smells to me of what I went through as a member of Congress whenever I took a campaign contribution. You sold out. Well, no, some do, some don't. But the vast majority of the members of Congress did not give anybody anything for their campaign contributions. Uh, and I, I, I remember once, for example, where I attended a fundraising breakfast for myself that was chaired by my predecessor, Lloyd Meads. Uh, and from there, we went over to a committee I chaired, a committee meeting, and what we were meeting about was some new campaign contribution legislation, and he was testifying before it, and uh, I was in all for it. And after that, we went across the street to the Rayburn building, where we sat and in, uh, in, marked up a bill in the Energy and Commerce Committee, uh, where I voted against Lloyd. Now, that does not sound like being paid off. So and I and I'm I'm going on a little bit because I'm I'm trying to do an impression of Alan.
1: Uh, but the,
5: the <laughs> Welcome back, Alan.
1: <laughs>
5: In any event, a, an awful lot of uh, of what is going on with regard to the uh, the the uh, Clinton Foundation and
3: what it, it sounds like this. And I'm not impressed that it's terribly important. So one of the emails that has already been released uh, involved Hillary Clinton's, um, I guess, most famous aide, Huma uh, Aberdeen, where uh, she was contacted by someone on the uh, the Clinton uh, Foundation saying, "Hey, this guy's one of our friends. We really would like for you to have a meeting." Uh, the response back was something to the effect of, "She's uncomfortable with it, but okay." And so, you know. Paying for access by by constituents, you know, not unusual as you just described, but you know, from a foreign leader, and it just so happens that the person who was seeking the meeting was the Crown Prince of uh, Bahrain. That makes things a little bit interesting. What do yeah. you think, Al?
1: Well,
5: l- l- let me speak first of all to Al's suggestion that in return for campaign contributions, he never gave anything in return, and I, I would I would question Al whether the loyalty of longtime givers would improve their ability to get a meeting with you or your staff. The answer is yes, thank you. Thank you. On the, that's on what the, we're talking about is access but most but of the but time, but Al. But what I was saying is that I did what does the access give you if these, I had and just explained I had given Lloyd all kinds of access and voted against him. Well, hopefully sure. you're not infinitely flexible on every issue, like one of our presidential, well, actually, in some time ways both of our presidential candidates seem to be. But the the issue of money and politics has to do primarily with access. And if you have access and can make your case, you improve your chances of succeeding. Your issue at least rises in, into the to the field of view of the politician. Well, and I tried, to, I tried to give access to everybody who came to me with a problem that affected was affected by the committees on which I served.
1: Sure, but you yourself. I, I needed to
5: know what they were talking about. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you know, I and I didn't I, vote with them all. I used to. You know, I, I remember when a, when a former senator was in a very tough race and he was being challenged for all the money that he raised and took. And I said, what you have to help people understand is that what you learn as a politician is to take their dough, then tell them no. But at least you tell them, at least they get access and you acknowledge did they have better chance of access? They did. It's human nature. The people who are going to give you the money tend to probably support you in a broad way, but they're also assuming, usually correctly, that they will have better access not only to to the elected uh, representative, but also to their staff, because everybody in the in the Congress has to filter out all the requests for time, and 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 I think. That, that it would be really hard in the case of Hillary Clinton, and coming coming back to this and these emails, to say, gee, she gave access to these people and changed U.S. government policy in the direction that they chose. That's not being suggested here. There's the the although it gets murky, it gets murky because the more likely you when you hear someone personally make a pitch there's a tendency to want to do at least something for them, especially if they've been big supporters of yours. In the case of Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, she wasn't running for office again, but she was the Secretary of State. So I think I, I, I very much appreciate the parallel you drew between political giving and influencing behavior, which you said you never Sold your vote, and I'd said no, but you probably put Reddit access, and I think that's the accusation here—that you improved the chances of access. In the case of the the, uh, the Crown Prince of Bahrain, they had given thirty million dollars to the Clinton Foundation. It was a Clinton Foundation executive named Doug Band, I think, who said to Huma Abedin, "Hey, he's a friend." Can we
3: get a meeting with the secretary Denise this this you, you being the the, uh, the the lawyer represented today does this violate any kind of ethics ethics rules or laws in place today does this does it come close to it
4: well yeah as we cited last week the uh, thank you to a dear Virginia governor who um, went before the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said just because you have a meeting doesn't equal access and doesn't equal something that you should get your hands left over it's optics it, it really is for me it, 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 it's optics um, you know I uh, I was chief counsel of the maritime administration and the mission of that agency was to promote the u.s maritime fleet and so I, I bring that up because we were a promotional agency which means we were supposed to be speaking on behalf of US shipbuilders and uh, unions and others and that was the agency's mission so obviously we took a lot of meetings but the difference between and I don't know maybe I, maybe I, I don't maybe you know I'm closer to Hillary than I think I am but for me it was I wasn't nobody else was making money this way or there wasn't another interest in stake and that's why I was always troubled by the Clinton Foundation it was sort of she was a Secretary of State she had her own mission she had the foreign policy mission but there were those links to the foundation, and it's those links because her husband was getting money, and her daughter was getting money, and the foundation was getting money. That's why people are upset. I mean, Bob, this is, again, this has never happened before, but it's, it's the optics of
3: it. Bob Hines, the, uh, the the Clinton Foundation has announced that in the event that uh, Hillary Clinton is elected president, that they will no longer take foreign donations. Uh, does that add to the bad optic of this whole this whole situation?
6: it may add to the bad optics view but it's it's a right thing to
3: do i mean but you know they've got themselves in this box but that's the best so so why why was it okay then for for her to to not sever that tie during her time as secretary of state but not as president of the united states and
4: that's what i don't understand because what they should have done um internally was okay we are getting all of these email requests we you know you know, should we take this meeting? There should have been a flag planted on some of these saying, you know what? They are tied to the foundation. At some point I had to wonder, did they ever go to any of the ethics lawyers and say, What do you think about this? I mean I know she went ahead of time, but
1: go to now.
5: lawyers. Bill Clinton's one of the shrewdest politicians extant in the world today, in my guess. He should have recognize the optics problem with this thing i mean it's a political problem i don't happen to think that the optics are are worth a damn i I think people do see that and they're putting two and two together and getting 18 uh but that's the truth they do that way and and clinton should have seen if, if mrs clinton hadn't Mr. Clinton should have seen that this was a potential problem, and they knew his wife was going to run for president, and what whatever. And they should have cleared away the optics just out of common sense. Why they didn't, I have no idea. But I I, I still maintain that the optics don't necessarily demonstrate that anything bad is going on. It just looks bad. Al Yeah, I, I think that, that uh, the reason they didn't do anything before is because they had generated a money-making machine for the Clinton Foundation. They were convinced in their heart of hearts, hearts of hearts that they weren't selling anything other than possibly a meeting that they could probably justify because they give meetings to donors, to bundlers, to, uh, in, in this case, foreign governments who make donations to the, to the foundation. And they thought, How sweet is this the foundation gets tens hundreds of millions of dollars to do good work and I believe the Clinton Foundation does good work a and B it is my understanding that none of the Clintons take a salary from the foundation in fact they give money to the foundation now that doesn't mean there's no connection he travels the world in private jets and planes and, and hobnobs with heads of state and, and extra, extraordinarily wealthy people that get to tell stories and take a check home so that the foundation can continue to do good work. Um, she's secretary of state, and they're seeking meetings, and this is done in emails that we only see in the last week. That's a much bigger problem. And then the solution, and if they didn't think there was a problem, they wouldn't have said, gee, if she wins, we'll stop taking taking money and I'll sit down from the board. So this is like Amazon.com saying, we have the best prices going forever. But starting in December, your prices are going to be different. You're not going to be able to buy these products. What do you think you might do if you want to get a product? I Think you might want to invest in now, buy now. So, this is like a fire sale to get more money in to the foundation. And people will say, Well, remember, they gave 10 million bucks, so it's over and done with. But we are, we will always be in their debt. Exactly. If they're going to make change the rules, they should change the rules now. And then, if she loses, they can go back to the status quo ante. They can say, You know, something. We're going to go back and and open the, the doors wide because we believe in the work we're doing and we're not
3: taking us out. Kenny,
5: you got to come up with something that I can be as cynical about in order to be able to balance. Let, let me help this you out.
3: So, Bob, Bob, our party's nominee, uh, Mr. Trump, has called for an independent counsel to look into all this. What, what are your thoughts on that? We know Congressman Al so I'm sure is going to share his in a moment here. <laughs> I, I, I just did. <laughs>
6: I'm sure they will look into it. I'm sure they will find that it's the kind of stuff that has gone on continuously. It's not there's nothing illegal here. There's no violation of law. Yeah. But it you know it looks bad. It looks bad. That's that's and, and sometimes that's as bad as being bad. Yeah.
3: So one of the other items that broke over the weekend was uh, 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 former Secretary of State uh, Colin Powell. Uh, disavowal of uh, his uh, I- advice to uh, Secretary Clinton and her use of, uh, of email. I think his words were, uh, they're trying to pin this on me. I can say what I want to say because I'm free now. I thought the last bit of that part, the last bit of that message, I'm free, was was, was interesting. But I, I, I think, though, it's been, it's, it's, I've been waiting, and I'm curious if anyone has seen anything, Secretary Clinton's response to uh, Secretary Powell's comments. Alan, yeah. I, I haven't
5: seen uh, a response. Uh, remember, um, for, for, for some period of time, uh, the, the Clinton forces, uh, including uh, more, most re- recently Bill Clinton himself, were trying to say, she did what others have done. Going back to Condoleezza Rice, Colin Powell, Madeline Albright. Madeline Albright, although I, there was hardly any email exi- in existence then, and even John Kerry for the first little while. The, 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 and then what was new, though, was that she apparently told the FBI, and this came out in, in the, uh, the newly released information of their their interrogation of, of uh, Secretary Clinton, that it was it was Colin Powell who. Recommended to her that she do a private, uh, that, that she use a private system. He has A, no recollection of saying that. And B, he says it was a year after she was in office that he sent her a memo that described what he did and why. And what he did was very different than what she did, even though the rules were still evolving. And the technology was evolving. what what he did was have a private email address, not a private server, nobody had that, uh, but an address at either AOL or uh, or Gmail or Yahoo, that private communication among family and friends would go to. meantime he had a computer on his desk at the State Department that he channeled all. Uh, government business, including classified information to. It was nothing whatsoever like what Secretary Clinton had done, and so what what, what his complaint was, I don't remember t- giving her any advice, but if I had, it I would have described what I did, which I did a year after she took office, and they can't, I'm not going to let them pin this on me. Why she talks about that I don't know, unless she truly believes in her heart of hearts and in her mind that she was taking his advice, but we remember a few other occasions where she remembered things wrongly and then was, uh, was, was embarrassed by it, most, the, the, the most obvious case being when she claimed that she got off a plane under fire in an Eastern European yeah. country
3: and it never happened. Well, to to uh, to to I guess offer up some uh, some balance of this, uh, a good number I want to say around fifteen or twenty of Secretary Powell's unclassified emails were later retroactively classified, and so I, I do believe that the Clintons uh, have pointed uh, at that incident as some level of equivalency of what happened with her. Well,
5: two thousand of her emails were subsequently classified uh, uh, classified or considered classified because. By the very nature of the fact that it is from the Secretary that oh. that triggers the classification. Um, and then there were the other 130 or 140 that, that came to her and were classified, contrary to her, uh, multiple Wait, what do you suppose? Colin, what,
3: what do you suppose the last straw was for Colin Powell to finally break silence? Because this has been going on for months now. And, you know, to wait until I think relatively you know, late in the uh, fourth quarter to even say anything um, seems, it strikes me as, as odd. It,
5: it, I think it's pretty clear that what was new here was not a general statement from the campaign that, you know, everybody used to do this. It was apparently Hillary Clinton telling the FBI, he advised me to do this. That's different.
1: That's and different.
5: that's what got his attention. And he said, ah. Don't think so. Don't remember it that way. But I wouldn't have said it that way anyhow.
3: Great. Well, CNN broke a story this morning uh, concerning uh, a college program that uh, President Clinton has been an honorary uh, chancellor for, called Laureate International. Uh, over the uh, the last uh, uh, over the life of the uh, of the. Uh, on the air, guys. <laughs> Over the uh, the life of the uh, Clinton they they foundation, um, President problem. Clinton has received somewhere right around 15 million dollars um, for a program that hosts 70 schools in about 29 different different countries, uh, and these schools have been investigated in almost every country that they in which they exist. And um, and this this also this 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 comes up because it, it more or less flies in the face of the fact that uh, Secretary Clinton, as part of her campaign has railed against for-profit universities, which Laurier which International clearly is. Um, I think that it'll be interesting to see how what, how much this becomes of a uh, political football in the days and weeks to come. Uh, last question for the panel here. Uh, this last little email, uh, um, I guess, discussion uh, had one person at the center of it, who, her, and her name seems to keep coming up. Uh, Uma Aberdeen. This lady needs a break. Um anyone care to test just to why she seems to be the center of everything? She is uh, Lipner.
7: Welcome. thank welcome. Uh, sorry, price my tardiness. Uh who met? Abidine. I've only met her a couple of times in person, but uh she is an impressive person. She is also Hillary Clinton's literally closest aide. Uh she is the trusted of the trusted. Um and so it is not surprising that she will keep coming up uh, over and over again, anything related to the Clintons, because anytime uh, Hillary Clinton is literally doing almost anything, Huma Abedin is within arm's reach of her. And I've never met anyone who, when they've met her, has not called her one of the most impressive staffers they have ever encountered. So that's why she's there.
3: Okay. Well, with that, we're going to take our first break, and uh, we'll
1: be back in about three minutes.
2: This is Backroom Politics, live on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stay with us. Stay with us.
8: No, no.
3: And we're back. Thanks for uh, staying with us. So, big, uh, big week in Trumpland. He's got a new campaign, I guess, executive chief and a new campaign manager. Basically, a new campaign staff. Uh, basically, a new campaign staff. Uh, Kellyanne uh, Conway uh, and Steve Bannon have uh, taken over the helm of the Trump campaign. Uh, is it enough to uh, to save uh, to save him, Al Moore?
1: <laughs> See, Justin,
3: usually, Justin usually looks at me and says that kind of stuff Oh and I, my god, it's the perfect answer they
5: wild, wild open-ended I everything, I like that. everything changes now yeah, Everything's <laughs> on a new track It's so exciting for all the uh, Previously disappointed Republicans You know, we have no idea What any of this will mean Except that we know that Donald Trump has proved himself to be Singularly Unreceptive and unresponsive to advice of seasoned professionals. I I I don't know anything about this this Bannon guy other than what he he made a bunch of money in 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 Wall Street and then took over at Breitbart as politics are heavy heavy right uh, right side. I don't know that he's ever been in actively involved in the nuts and bolts of running a campaign. uh, Kellyanne Conway, is that, that yeah, her yeah. name? He yeah, she, she is at least pretty articulate, uh, more, much more so than what we're used to from Trump spokespeople. Um, now, she supposedly has a great relationship with, uh, with Donald Trump and has some influence on him. That That's all in, 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 in ways that would, would make him sound a little more reasonable. Reasonable and reflective. Whether any of this proves to make a difference over time, who knows? One and two, who's actually running things? One of the problems Paul Manafort ran into, uh, along with his uh, longtime uh, uh, associations with with the uh, Putin-friendly thugs in u in the Ukraine, which uh, helped to, to 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 bring about his end, is that. He's supposedly very well-organized nuts-and-bolts guy, but he got caught up in, A, the absence of, of a credible spokesperson, and then it appeared as though he kind of enjoyed being the spokesperson. You can't do everything. You can't build a, build a structure from behind, raise money, run a nuts-and-bolts campaign, interact regularly with the RNC, who are doing lots of this work, and then at the same time be the spokesperson who's, who's trying to not step in it and clean up after your candidate. So, good luck um, with, to, to the new team. Um, the candidate's the key, but you need experienced, talented people. And they've only got 70 people, of, of, about 10% of what Hillary Clinton's has yeah. yeah. To
3: your point, Kellyanne Conway's got quite the resume, uh, helping out in Senate and House campaigns of the likes of Jack Kent, Marsha Blackburn, Dan Quayle, Newt Gingrich, Ted Cruz, and even Mike Pence, who was one.
6: She's very experienced.
3: She's very good.
6: She will be helpful to anybody she's with.
3: That would listen I to. I was going to yeah.
6: say
5: that what 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 what, what Alan said mm-hmm. about Manafort. <clears throat> is is true you can't be all things to all people but he was pretty good you know in 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 explaining away the latest goof by his boss what he did not was not able to do and what the new people seemed to be able to do is to get the boss to change a little bit and a little bit for the better
3: even well, this late uh, sunday night even this late sunday night he got into a uh, uh, a Twitter-bashing campaign with uh, Donnie Deutsch from MSNBC. Uh, I mean, even as late as Sunday night, and uh,
7: so it'll be interesting to see whether they can put a muzzle on, on, on some of this behavior. Dan Lippner. Uh, Kelly uh, Ann Conway, uh, her, one of her first things out of the gate, and it was pretty impressive and accurate. See, when you're running for office, you, sh- you you shouldn't get into fights with the fans or the refs, and the media would be the refs in this case. Uh, that doesn't help your cause. and. It, and she was actually articulating some reasonable points and pivoting things to the opponent as opposed to making it all about the the the, the Trump show. And it, it was an impressive first move. That said, I strongly doubt it's going to be enough uh, to turn things around. Um, the gentleman from Breitbart, whose name I don't recall. Um, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. Steve um, He comes with his own set of baggage uh, because of the nonsense that Breitbart puts out and has put out under his name since he took over from uh, Andrew Breitbart who passed away. Uh, So yeah, that's not exactly the best thing you wanna do. And we also left off that Roger Ailes was also brought into the team as well. It's, It's rarely a good thing to bring in people to help save your sinking ship that, by the way, have their own baggage, and one of them has a ship that is in the process of going down as we speak. late latest today, uh, he was a- named in yet another lawsuit
3: uh, by Andrea Tantiros, uh, uh, uh Roger Ailes, along with Bill
7: O'Reilly. So this should be really interesting. Okay, Bill O'Reilly thinks sued, too? He, or Bill O'Reilly was sexually harassed he, by Roger Ailes? Negative. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
7: He's
4: no, being no. sued, too.
3: Denise. Denise Quit.
4: I, I'm sorry. It, it was the Roger Ailes, Phil Riley, yeah, comments. I like, <laughs> my eyes go off. I would have paid
7: to see that one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I, somebody stabbed
3: me in my mind's eye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna make oh. No, no, so I, was, I um.
4: One concerning thing I saw was in the Washington Post today. Um, you know, you, you you know, Trump does not have African American voters. He doesn't have Hispanic voters. He doesn't have college educated individuals he doesn't have uh, women but he, he has a segment that does concern me and that's the young uh, military veteran um, do you guys know that Obama is the only president that's ever served two terms in a wartime climate <laughs> He's the only president in our history over 200 years to go and uh, serve uh, full eight years um, and, and that's concerning to me Because there's a perception right now that um, if Hillary wins, we're going to continue to be at war. But if Donald wins, we won't be at war. Hmm. And I I don't agree with that perception. But I'm concerned that the young 20-somethings that have served are now so um, disenfranchised, but it's so disillusioned with politics that they're willing to side with somebody like Donald Trump. That concerns me.
3: It really does. Well, sorry. Elmore. It
5: concerns, Denise, that there's one or two small marginal groups that like <laughs> Trump compared to the great grand
7: majority of people. We, we want wait. everyone to hate Trump. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're right.
4: Oh, I, I, I want everybody to hate Trump. But what that's I, easy. Yeah, well, that, that's easy. But what I don't want are the veterans to hate Trump. Hillary because they think that you're going to continue to be in a war zone. I don't well, think that will happen with her, but there are literally statements <laughs> in the Washington Post where it's I'll vote for an asshole before I'll vote for a conservative um, Democratic Hawk. <laughs> me I mean, those are not statements they're good to be making. I, don't I, don't wonder, I wonder what
6: percentage
5: of veterans are white males. Do we have any idea? It's got right. to be yeah. not as much as as much as No, but I'm just thinking that you know, they do in, in some ways reflect the the the, the, yes. the nation yes. that that white males are where Trump gets the majority of his support, including from from veterans. Alan, actually,
7: I think that's actually a different, different question, and and I'm glad you posed that because I was thinking about this because having dealt with VFWs or other veterans groups around the country, um, the the ranks. Of the military are very diverse, especially in the enlisted ranks. The officer ranks a little less so, still diverse, but not as diverse as the enlisted ranks. That's very true. However, I have noticed, and and this is anecdotal on my part, but with some experience, that the people the people who are most active in the veterans groups are wildly disproportionately white males, and I'm wondering if that's Part of the, if you're looking for the sound bites for an article, you go to the organizations that are easiest to come by. And that's, I mean, Admiral Ken, I mean, you actually have served. I mean, is that also your experience? Well,
3: uh, that has been my experience, but the thing that I would tell you is that, you know, one of the things that we don't do a lot of is talking politics, especially when we're on the job. We don't do that. Uh, As a matter of fact, the more senior you get, the less. people are aware of what particular political ilk you might be. You just don't talk about it. And um, because at the end of the day, the person in the White House is the boss, regardless of what party they belong in, what party they're in.
4: And I, I agree with that. And I think that the generals should be keeping their mouth shut whether they're in or out right now.
3: <laughs> well, there's one that's not. I know. a couple that are
1: just here, But I...
3: The neat thing about coming out of uniform is you're free to express your opinion one way or another. And the other neat thing about it is those people who are still in uniform are under no um, legal requirement to to do as we wish they would do. So one of the things that I think that's pretty neat about being a retired uh, black officer is that now uh, many of the opinions that I might have had to hold on to when I was in uniform, I no longer have to do. But at the same time, you will never hear me speak of the president, uh, President Obama, or either of his successors in a disrespectful manner. I may not agree with your policies, but I would never. You would never, and most most professionals will not uh, denigrate uh, the office by indulging in personal attacks. Nor should they. Nor should they. Um, while we're talking about Trump. I want you to know that as the uh, the the the, uh, the representative African American panelists on the uh, on the group, I, I look both ways to keep from getting shot as I cross the street coming in to today. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
3: I look both ways for cars because that's what I do all the time. Make
4: sure you watch for Marylanders; they're particularly aggressive.
3: But uh, I'm alluding to the to the comments that that uh, that, that, that Donald Trump made uh, in Akron last week regarding the fact that uh, that the Democratic Party. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> it has allowed our communities yeah. to to uh, to to uh, go into shambles. Our schools are in terrible shape. We get shot walking down the street. You know, what the hell do we have to lose by giving him a chance? Yeah, and, and youth unemployment is 58%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which it's not. Right? <laughs>
7: well, let's let's yeah. not let's not confuse the issue with yeah, that some, fact. No, somebody, Dan Libner. Somebody did actually fact check that, and based on the numbers that he used, it wasn't even employable youth. It was all youth and if you used white youth or any youth it gets Pretty close to the same number. I mean, it was an insane metric he, he chose to parrot. But the real question, yeah, yeah, the real the
5: question,
3: question, is, the white the comparable figure was fifty percent. The real question is does You really think that at this particular point that he's got a message that's going to resonate with with black and Latino communities? I mean, he's already down. I think ninety. Uh, he's got one percent following in the black community and about twelve or thirteen percent in the Latino community.
1: I don't
5: think he was trying to get, get to, to to the black community. He would, if he were going to try to talk to the black community, he might have talked to some blacks. Yeah. <laughs> that would
0: be useful.
5: I, 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 his audiences—I think he gave that speech twice. I think
1: the audiences
5: yeah. were almost totally white, and I think he was trying to uh, send some kind of a message to them uh, that uh, that he could. Be balanced or something, some kind of a message, because I don't think that uh, it's not staged to be a particularly uh, uh, rep- to, to present be presented
3: to the a black audience. It's nice crap.
4: Yeah, it, it, it's not. I mean, especially the, the papers. It's the Aryan Nation. It's. it's I mean, that's quite frankly <laughs> those are the ones that he, you know he's drawing to. Um, you know you look at everybody that you know is, is supporting trump and they are all of one cue. um you look at no to be to be
3: perfectly honest that's not completely true he's got a he's got a very small minority following but it is not it is not a, a completely uh
7: white male uh, demographics that, that fall in. There some albinos or some people that can a little bit. There right. I mean, but it's. It, it, <laughs> it, it, Two or three it, albinos.
0: Yeah,
4: exactly. I mean, <laughs> he he some crab- white
7: people who are
5: just
1: wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: there's that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he is
1: standing to the worst. Of, the worst of the worst with everybody.
7: Yeah. <laughs> But uh, this, yes. so, to Congressman Al's point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, conversation. <laughs> uh, Congressman Al has it absolutely right. Um, that th- there is the uh, the ilk that we all have met every last one of us around this table, and I, I, I unfortunately am certain you have actually been somebody's black friend that they used for. Uh, for credibility at some point and therefore and tell me if they did <laughs> <laughs> and and therefore that makes everything okay because see we did something that and we talked this why why don't quote those people listen see do you, we're reaching out to you to think this stuff.
3: do you think do you think this latest <laughs> outreach um, 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 Effort, and I and I, I have a hard time, you know, asking well, that Cheryl, question Cheryl, seriously. Cheryl, um, do we think this latest outreach reference came as a part of this newly reformed
7: campaign leadership team? You think some of them said something to him that, that this is the way he absolutely. I, I I suspect this is the fingerprints of uh, Kellyanne Conway. Um, that because she knows that those exact same folks that I was referring to are looking for cover. Um, the folks that might have, um, that things that the Republican Party had done it, it, on occasion in the past hinted to, but not Tommy level of Trump's over the top insanity, uh, that that gives at least the varnish of respectability. And that that was where that speech was supposed to go. I, I don't think it succeeded, but I think that was the goal. Now,
5: yeah, I I, uh, I think that the Trump had two objectives in, in, in this. Neither one uh, succeeded, in my judgment, because the the message to African Americans came across as patronizing um, and this universal generalizing uh, and exaggeration of what the facts are. But what, what he was trying to say is, hey, African Americans, I know you've been in the pocket of the Democrats for a long time. Why don't you give somebody else a try? Because... Are you really satisfied with how things have worked out? I so so I think it, you know was one one can argue that if, if you're going to carry that message, carry it to an African American audience. You know, he's chosen not to appear before, and he may change his mind about that. Who knows? I think though that that, that, that there was an undercurrent of that message that was that went out to a far larger audience. Hey, Democrats if you're not that happy with how things have been over the last eight years roll the dice give somebody else a shot that would be me so i saw it as as a little more uh you know strategic if you will than simply a Mucked up, not very credible uh, outreach uh, to to African Americans. As,
3: as a as a voting uh, African American uh, Republican for the better part of, of my adult life, um, I, I will tell you that the, the message came came across in a came across in a very very pandering and insincere manner. I think that had Trump not began his campaign. With just an overt punch at uh, at, at, at Mexicans, uh, Latinos uh, who have crossed the border either legally or illegally, because he didn't make any discrimination when he uh, when he made his opening campaign speech, and has doubled down on every opportunity to, to distance himself. Uh, you know, I think, quite frankly, as, as, as a Black Republican who has said those words, you know, Democrats, you know, things aren't looking, haven't been so great. Why look another direction? I think. If that message had come from anyone else who had a, a track record different than the one that Donald Trump has, where he won't talk to the Urban League, he won't talk to NAACP, he won't disavow David Dukes and the, uh, the Ku Klux Klan, the list goes on and on and on, uh, I think it would have been very difficult uh, for anyone to hear that with, with any degree of, of uh, credibility. It just, it's just it's crazy. Carl, two minutes.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I...
3: Welcome.
1: Thank you.
0: Sorry I'm late. Um, I just think that that they know that they're, the campaign knows that they're in a a hole, and they're trying to dig themselves out of a hole. So therefore, they start with uh, immigration, and we're going to change, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. The speech was supposed to be tomorrow, I believe, or Thursday, and there's no speech because it was canceled. And a lot of, some other events have been canceled. He's only going to fundraisers this week, evidently. Although that could change. Uh,
7: Wait, I thought he was self-funding his campaign. Isn't that one of the pillars too? His uh, his race that he was self-funding. Where did that go? Self-funding the primaries.
6: Yeah.
1: Right.
5: And unfortunately <clears throat> for him. Before. more of the general than he had intended because of the, the, the fundraising lags.
7: I don't remember him making that clarification yeah, I, mean, I mean,
5: especially towards the end. So, so, <laughs> so taking,
7: taking, Carl's
3: point, brand new. taking Carl's point, taking Carl's point, Trump yeah. is down in Virginia, Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Colorado. Plus, uh, the, plus the
0: fact that um, <clears throat> um, hmm, I'm having an Al moment. Yeah. Um, the fact that that join the club. He's really. <laughs> that's funny because
5: he sometimes has Carl moments.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: well, that's because we're such so, so yeah. good friends. But anyway, I mean, the campaign is really struggling to, to get out of the hole, to uh, to, 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 uh, to do things that might bring people back to, to them. Uh, but you know, you know, to to make a speech before a. Oh my God. Our audience maybe there was one African American there was ridiculous but uh, you know but his campaign is ridiculous from day one
3: so so with 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 him being down in in a number of states and without a real ground game uh, I'm going to turn to, to, to the politicians and the politicos on, on, the, on the panel so tell me what difference can a ground what difference can a ground game make what, what's it do Carl it,
0: it makes all the difference in the world. What do they do? What do they do? They they make sure that they have pre- every precinct covered.
6: All of the boring stuff, stuff. that is essential. Yeah. It is vital.
0: They they do the phone calling to make and ask ask Ken, who are you going to vote for? Donald Trump. Fine, we leave that that name aside at this point. And they, they, they call as many Democrats as they can and get a uh, pledge for them from them they're going to go out and vote and those are the people who on election day that are called and offered a ride to the poll uh and that kind of thing and it's every the Gorilla game is everything
7: yeah so i've worked on three presidential elections and a bunch bunch of other statewide races, congressional yeah. races. um so the, 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 the logistical undertaking for preparation for this is enormous. Everything that Carl mentioned is true, but you lay, layer on top of that, the people who, who have issues getting to the polls, you, have, you layer on that the low information voters that we talk about frequently that that's right, might not remember that election day is actually coming up, even though it's all over the place on the news, but it's not mentioned on the Kardashians. Um, so you you have all that logistics. So when I was in Philadelphia in in uh, 2004 for the Kerry campaign, uh, you know I would actually be uh, friends with the folks who were doing in the transportation department. And you might ask, why do you have a transportation department? Well, that's because we basically rented every van, truck, minivan, anything that could transport people, not just in Philadelphia but in the entire Northeast. Were rented on the days going up to election day. That's an enormous undertaking. Not in addition to that, you have to pay for them. You have to rent them. You have to have people who can who will drive them. Add to that the litany of places that have early voting. So now you have polls, to the polls. So when you're you know the getting getting those organizations, making sure the those. Those polling places are prepared to take a large number of people that might be showing up because, oddly enough, not all poll workers actually expect people to come vote early, so sometimes they try and make sure there's preparation in advance. It's an enormous, an enormous logistical undertaking that's pretty impressive to witness in the chaos that is, that is an election day because, by the way, you also have people doing their actual jobs and lives on election day as well. There's a lot to do there. It, yeah. it, it is an
6: amazing structure when you look at it. Yeah.
3: And it can't be put together you know, overnight. No. And that was the next question. So given given he's got a very, very light footprint with regard to a ground game in most of the, the, the key states, is there enough time for Trump to put a, a ground organization in place and it be effective?
7: Damn. No. What? Why?
3: Takes well, it takes it, longer it, than
6: he's got. Well, not only it take you've, longer, longer. you've got to identify people, you've got to you got to you know, train them. Rent the trucks. You've got to rent the trucks. The cars to get there. You've yeah, got yeah. you've got to get you got to get you've got to get places where people can sit down and get a bite deep and go back out and work. It's a huge, 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 slow round. Logging kind of. An
3: so, organization. So, so, yeah, it's so
7: horrible. So, <laughs> so, so, given that, given that, but there's one big thing that he doesn't have. This is the one biggest part. You also need the experienced people who have done it. Yeah. It is not an easy thing that you just pick up and learn on the fly. There are yeah. lots of people who are there that do it, and, and and kudos to the young folks who step in, but none of them step in alone. There's always somebody guiding that along because it's hard work and there are things you have to be taught to do it. So we given that, any of those. so given that, why
3: why is he going to places like Texas where he, where where he, that's a red state? He's 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 gonna he's gonna take Texas. He's gonna win in Texas. Yet he's going he's expending time and money to go to Texas to do rallies. This, this, Denise. Because of the optics. He has
4: happy, smiley people behind him. Oh, angry by the people. Well, but he has folks that are, um, you know, there aren't clashes, there aren't fights. I mean, for example, if he was to pop into, oh, I don't know, Manhattan.
1: For example,
4: I don't think he would get the response he's getting in, oh, Texas. Tennessee or Texas. He
7: said he's going to win New York. What are you <laughs> talking about? <Exactly. laughs> but, I
4: mean, it, you what know, happened to your head? <laughs> right. <'Cause>, you know, <laughs> if, if he
7: was to do that, it would be bad for
0: Carl I'll do it. One, thing, one thing also is that uh, Previs has mentioned on a number of occasions that all, most of the people of the RMC are in the field. And I think it's a lot of B.S. because I think that uh, they're, they're, they're not in the field. They don't have a such a big contingent in Washington that, could, that they could send a lot of people to the field. Number two, that uh, uh, a lot of the Trump money that is raised, I've been told, is going to the RNC for the, for the Senate and House races. Now, how much of that is true? Who knows? Um, but the time that he should have been doing the, the organizing in the states and setting up a ground, move, ground movement was right after the convention and through the month of August. So that in September, he had people in a lot of different states organizing and getting things ready. So it,
1: it's it's, it's well. worth
5: pointing out that... that that also benefits the down ticket people right Senate candidates and the congressional candidates benefit from this get out the the Republican vote get out the Democratic vote and they're not used to doing that themselves I mean that's one of the things that they rely on their national parties and their state parties to get done Uh, if, if there were some of them that were had the foresight to put it together themselves they probably could find the talent to do it but uh I, I think I think they're going to be hurt down ticket as well. No more. Yeah, I I know very little about uh, how to run a successful uh, presidential campaign, and you know you you just rely on people who've been there and uh, and reports and so on. But the numbers are scary. He's got about 72 people in the in the, in the organization, and. And uh, Secretary Clinton has about 730 or something
1: like that. And and then, like,
5: in Brooklyn. So, <laughs> so, you know, I don't even know how, how you count these people. And then there's volunteers. They're, they're, the, 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 the body count is difficult. I did see one, one piece of data this morning that, that Trump, that the whole, plan partly as as was acknowledged around the table there's there's no time or money to to, to build a, 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 an organization between now and the election of hundreds of people but but the report I that the, I saw indicated that something like th- that they're going to be relying on some on uh, and the number was 500 RNC people around the country I don't know where they are uh, there's obviously a core number of states that matters the most um, and and I, I but having said that we are using conventional metrics and 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 convincing ourselves I think correctly that he will never be able to get a, 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 a normal regular number of his own people in the field by conventional metrics it it doesn't mean that this is a conventional metric here. Everything we've observed this year has been odd and strange and unpredictable and different. I, I'm i not sure what's more important either if you've got limited resources, uh, uh, which everybody does no matter how much money they've got. Um, uh, TV time in key states or boots on the ground, people to, to work on getting Folks to vote, making sure they can get to the polls, and so on—the some of the nuts and bolts stuff that makes a difference in close uh, races. But but TV time also matters, and he has been on TV in terms of advertising and 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 spending against Hillary Clinton, which is let's face it, this is going to be a pretty much all negative campaign. Um, he's just not out there. With targeted advertising, he's certainly out there with free media every day. It's a new surprise and some new outlandish thing that offends many of us, but obviously appeals to some. Now, whether he's preaching to <laughs> this strange choir that that he has built uh, and 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 no more. I don't know. The polls certainly, uh, which he used to adore, uh, now he calls them rigged because he doesn't like the results that they are showing. But 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 he has steadily lost ground since both conventions. And even when he when he says something that <laughs> that gives uh, 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 newspeople a chance to try to quote be fair, say wow. He says he regrets a few of the things he's done. That's new. He regrets when he hurts people's feelings. That's new. And then the next day, he to... says more things that are hurtful and harmful. So can't it, it, it's a different standard that is being applied to him, even when he does one of these little mini pivots. But
3: wouldn't you agree, though, as odd of a year as it has been, the polls have been pretty accurate in their in their prediction of the outcomes of, of the uh, of the of the primary races. They've been right on target. Oh, the except- Repol-
7: on the Republican side, yeah, not Democratic okay. side. Democratic yeah. side we've got a couple surprises. Yeah. Uh, Michigan being the most noteworthy. Okay. But
6: uh
5: I I I'm to throw in something about the five hundred Republicans coming from Washington D C across the land. <coughs> if, Reagan, if I were a Republican that would scare me to death because I, as a Democrat, playing most of my politics at the local level, somebody coming from Washington, D.C. is scary. They are arrogant. They think they know everything. They don't know the local territory. Keep them away from me. And uh, I, I think the Republicans, if they have the 500, are going to run into some of that it, it, and, I, and I have no idea where they're coming from. If, oh, they're, no. if the 500 is an accurate number, I am not saying they're coming from Washington. There may be people in place now out around the country that that, that normally a a presidential candidate would, or uh, campaign, would work alongside. Well, if I don't a, know. If you're a Republican, I don't again, know. you should hope so.
7: Dan, let me your last word. Well, that's one of those things that's kind of interesting with Trump being at the top of the ticket. So as a Democrat, and me and my Democratic colleagues in, in politics have looked at, in envy at Republican races and how they get to do things because they essentially from our perspective, could get to run a campaign in a box, at least at the House level, because the race has become nationalized based on the top-down, because Republicans were able to have a unified message. No Democrat I know ever has been able to run that kind of unified messaging throughout, at a local race all the way to the presidential. Now, there's always been some uh, coattails, but never a unified messaging it's always a local a local approach for Democrats. That being said, because Trump is Trump and what that unified national message is, I would pay anyone to hear <laughs> money if they could come up with, with those messaging points. Um, it, it, you now have the additional point that House Republicans having to come up with unique campaigns for themselves that they may never have had to do. <laughs> Kind of amazing thing. It may be crazy, but it's
3: dumb. <laughs> With that, we'll be back in about four minutes. Thank
2: you. You know, Shelly's Backroom has been hosting Backroom Politics for seven years. Seven years. It's still unbelievable we've been doing it that long. But make no mistake about it, Shelly's Backroom is one of a kind in Washington, D.C. Shelly's is a comfortable retreat for cigar aficionados, and those who simply want to unwind. The casual but elegant space features soft lighting, cozy couches, and overstuffed chairs. Shelly's back room is a cigar-friendly establishment, but the -the state-of-the-art air purification system keeps the atmosphere comfortable for smokers and non-smokers alike. Sit back and enjoy yourself while chatting with friends or watching one of the eight high-definition TVs or come by any Tuesday, enjoy your favorite cigar or one of the signature cocktails, and watch how backroom politics is made. Convenient to be public transportation and the sights of the nation's capital, Shelley's is easily dividable to accommodate intimate gatherings or large-scale special events. Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington D.C. As Bob says, it's the place to be. time. politics
1: and we're back
3: <laughs> hello we're back it's five o'clock Drinks have been poured uh we're going to start lighting some cigars here in a moment or two but before we do uh we're going to start our next uh next topic uh in case you uh you missed it the olympics took place last week and the americans dominated uh with over 100 uh, There's a
4: little bit of a doubting comments over here about My uh, stat
3: on Obama being the first one to serve a full eight years as a wartime president. And, okay,
1: we can talk about that a little
3: bit
4: later. As I was saying,
3: um, the Olympics wrapped up on Sunday, and uh, the Americans, we we, we dominated with 121 medals, uh, 46 gold,
1: 37
3: uh, uh, silver, and 38 uh, bronze. Uh, Next behind us was China with 70 and Great Britain with 67. Um, we saw some new heroes come out of the, uh, the Olympics this time, uh, uh, local Katie Ledecky with her swimming prowess, uh, Simone Manu- uh, Manuel, uh, first African-American uh, woman to uh, earn a uh, swimming medal, proving uh, some stereotypes are not true. Only uh, <laughs> <At least> some.
1: <laughs> some are true. Uh,
3: Michael Phelps is still an animal. And amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, he knocked down a two thousand year old record. <laughs> uh, Simone Biles, and we had one antihero, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Mr. Mr. Ryan Lockley. Um It would appear that uh, his initial reports were that uh, he and a couple of his swimming teammates were held up by people masquerading as police officers when they went out in town on uh, on break after their after their uh, Olympic win, and were held up at gunpoint. Um, uh, Mr. Lockley, uh, uh not soon thereafter departed. Not too soon thereafter departed uh, Brazil. Came back to the United States, but uh, a couple of his teammates hung back for whatever reason. And uh, as they were on their airplane, uh, getting ready to take off, uh, in a scene not too uh, different than uh, the last moment or two of *Argo* the movie, uh, <laughs> the police came. And, <laughs> the police came and, and uh, yanked them off, and uh, and that's when the truth started uh, started coming out. Apparently, these young men. Um, um, probably got a little over-served, over-imbibed, um, um, vandalized the bathroom at a gas station, uh, were held up by security until they were made to pay for their damages, and then uh, were set on their way. Um, it remains to be completely understood why uh, this, this story morphed into the one that it did, but it turned into a huge embarrassment for the American team, and has uh, and resulted in uh, Mr. Lockby losing a good number of the sponsors, uh, not to mention Speedo and and, um, uh, and I think one of the magazines whose name escapes my, my mind. The thing that interests me about Connor that Spinell. is it was a self-punishing crime. I mean, probably none of us
5: here would have believed that a $1 to $3 million fine would have been appropriate in that instance. But... That's what it cost. Him. I mean, oh, it was self punishing. Courts uh, won't have to do anything. Carl, too.
0: The other thing that the, <coughs> the, the uh, Speedo was one of his uh, benefactors, and, and Polo was the other. And you take those two away, and that's quite a bit of money that he lost, plus whatever else he had going on. And uh, <coughs> it was just, you know, I mean. There, there was just no, no nothing to to uh, apologize. I mean, he, they, they just were, were awful. They went off the reservation. They, they were celebrating. They got drunk and blew it. All of them.
7: That said, this is the opening for Speedo sponsorship. We will all gladly uh, do the radio show in Speedo's if they would like to sponsor the show. Uh, that said, it's highly unlikely. Uh, speedo <laughs> takes no. one look at us. And said, not a chance. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no, but... but, but, but and, no, but... <laughs> no. i no. You're
4: just speaking for yourself. No. <laughs> I, I've not worn Speedo in 25 years. I've competitively.
5: In them years ago, but I'm not. So that that's Dan, a, Dan has a secret desire yeah, to
0: wear a speedo. He may have one on now. Yeah. <laughs> he may be, maybe we ought to buy you one. It, it was his birthday last so, week.
7: So, <laughs> what say, so, so what I was trying to say, uh, both uh, seriously and jokingly, the joke now that so Ryan Lochte is, is, has been appropriately punished. Unfortunately, he added to the 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 stereotype of an ugly american uh which is a stereotype that we can do without uh but in addition to that i was also a competitive swimmer in high school not in college and swimmers being swimmers i was not terribly surprised for a for especially male swimmers out of the pool kind of tend to be a kind of crazy bunch i suspect it's because you spend a lot of hours looking at the bottom of a pool. Are you excusifying me? I'm not excusifying. Okay. I'm just saying I'm not <laughs> not surprised by it. I, the, the, the kind of crazy stuff that I've heard swimmers do, and this kind of exceeds considering the numbers of swimmers there are versus football players or hockey players, male swimmers do some crazy crap that just because it's not a sport that gets a, a lot of following doesn't get a lot of ink. But I'm not wasn't surprised the least that it happened. Carl Sugin. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know what the uh, what what they do when they sit down with these people before they go on <clears throat> to an Olympic uh, uh, competition. <clears throat> but I tell you, I would I would <clears throat> make sure that they are prepared for the next Olympics, and that <clears throat> all of them are given a a lecture of how to comport themselves when they're in a foreign country.
3: Alan Moore.
5: They do that. They do. they do that in a huge, big way. But you've got guys who are—I think Lochte's case. He's—is he 30 now? 28, 29, 30? I mean, he's, he's an adult. He's an adult. He's making a bunch of money. He just won himself a, a, a gold medal and one or two others, and they're partying. They're done. They're done. They haven't drunk, had anything to drink in months. They go out and they get drunk. Even that, I mean, because this, this, this thing, it, it, you know, I, I think, I, I have no love for, for, for this guy Locky. But boy, talk about disproportional punishment. Woo! because, um, <laughs> it, it, because what happened to these guys is their, their vandalism was apparently quite minor. Now that on, doesn't on def- his that, that doesn't that that doesn't uh, defend it. It was quite minor. These security guys show up. They are police, but but acting as private security guards. Hence this whole business about showing a badge. The guy had a badge, but he wasn't working as a policeman at the time. And then they pulled guns on these guys. They did pull guns. Now, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then they, and they until they paid some money and they gave them a couple hundred bucks for for some damages. They never should have opened their mouths about it. It would have all gone away. Having said that, a they're still drunk and then hung over the next day, and they had guns pulled on them. Which I've fortunately knock wood haven't had a gun pulled on me. Uh, that's had death threats in the Peace Corps in the Bolivian Andes, but no, uh, no actual guns pulled. And uh, I have a feeling it would get my attention. And then they start talking about it, and they, ex- they lie about the facts. And, and that caused all of public opinion and all of, all of Brazil <laughs> to, to, to turn on them and leading these sponsors to say, we don't want this. And that's- We're done. And that's what I meant by a self-punishing crime. Yeah. And yes, he's and, and I'm
4: fine with that. I mean, I I have two daughters who love love swimming. I mean, the Michael Phelps of the world and the Katie Ledeckis are their you know their idols. We stayed up till 10 o'clock to watch the men race, specifically because we wanted to see if Michael Phelps was going to get the gold the last time with Michael Phelps and Ryan and Ryan I you screwed up, buddy. And, and I have no sympathy for you, um, because you really, not only do you tarnish yourself to the American public, but you tarnish yourself to a lot of kids who look up to you for your success. And I think that actually was the appropriate thing for Sita to do, because it sends a message to um, the children that, yes, we're not going to celebrate people who do things like lie. So the Olympic, the US Olympic
3: Committee is is uh, is still looking into this, and um, it's there's there there are some of the sports, um, uh, I guess experts on ESPN and 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 one of two other stations that are talking about uh, the possibility that that, uh, he could lose his medals. Is that taking it too far?
7: Yeah, it's taking it too far, and it's worth noting. And 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 this is also to Alan's point. The the most unfortunate thing of this poor Lockheed, aside from the fact he did it, and there was punishment absolutely required. And this wasn't an official report he made. Unfortunately, it was a a statement he made to national press that picked up the story instantaneously. Uh, The Brazilian government, this is their their not national showcase, their global showcase. And they had a few issues to deal with. The crime issues were not insignificant. Bullets ending up in venues and not to mention the head of security for the Olympics, I believe, was actually robbed at gunpoint either immediately before the games or right at the beginning of them. So there were plenty of issues for the Brazilians to deal with. So in this case, you have this national this national star that says this thing that the media grabs hold of. And then let's just say they now have, have the ability to turn the story. So even the best PR person in the world is now dealing with a national government with, with, with a gripe that they can that they can land credibly and do they turn the story. So, so Lochte is being punished probably almost a little in excess of the crime. But you that said, I, I he inflicted this wound on it. himself.
4: I, I, wish other, I wish other sponsors would do this for basketball, for football, for baseball. It would send a message. I mean, our sports stars, and we, we talked about this over the years, of Our are our, um, our heroes to the younger generation. They're the ones that they look up to. I wish other sponsors would send a strong message. Congressman Let Nell.
5: me just say that there's a positive side to this. <clears throat> Who was the little four-foot the,
1: yeah.
5: gymnast? Simon was amazing. And, and the Phelps, the, the, the Michael Phelps
1: <laughs> there
5: There were a, a lot of things that Americans did down there that we could be proud of, uh, and we shouldn't uh,
1: overlook that. True. Carl Tubin.
0: Well, we, we also have to remember that there were two African American uh, uh, runners who had gold medals that were taken away from them just for holding their. Their, their hands up and uh, which oh,
1: you mean m-
5: many but
0: 68?
5: 68, 68 yeah. yeah Mexico, which,
0: which I always thought was wrong, but uh, <clears throat> you know they took the mammals away and they got criticized they wouldn't do that today not, uh,
3: no 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 they would not so we, we now it's the, now it's the,
5: the guy from Ethiopia. from Ethiopia Ethiopia yeah. that's got a problem.
7: Yeah. yeah, I thought that was inappropriate. But they, the, but we also did have, and I, I had to look it up, up. this, comparing it with, with Alan. We, we had a Muslim American woman wear, win a bronze medal in a hijab, in hijab yep. which is kind of, we were talking about Trump just previously, a pretty impressive in-your-face to that entire segment of not Trump, but Trump world. Yeah. That representing our country in the best of all ways. Um, yeah, there's plenty of good to see from the Olympics, not just our country, but from other countries as well. I mean, there were downsides that uh, worth noting. The the Egyptian, I believe, it was an Egyptian wrestler who refused to shake hands with the Israeli who's competing against, and somebody else who actually refused a competition to, to actually compete against an Israeli, which was unfortunate, completely against the. Uh, the the uh, ha- ha- what the games are supposed to represent. That bad. there's that's always
0: ha- that's happened a lot over the past 25, 30 years, which is unfortunate. But yes,
7: but that shouldn't that shouldn't paint the rest of the Olympics. No, well, and remember, no.
5: wasn't it a, a Canadian runner that stopped to help the American runner who fell down and helped her hobble through the rest of the race? Yes, and gave up what chance he might have
1: yeah.
3: had they helped each other yes um and not yeah. to mention uh was it the uh, the runner usain bolt uh who who, who stopped <laughs> stopped <laughs> to, the interview to show, to show respect to, to uh to our national anthem uh, I think in 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 a lot of ways, if if uh, if people miss that, they should go and find it on YouTube because that was fairly impressive. Yeah, it's
7: it an amazing moment. I I would like to think most American athletes would do the same. I suspect maybe not. But no, if, if you people, watch
3: if you watch if you watch uh, television uh, any 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 sports show, I see more than a few professional athletes who haven't uh, quite gotten the, the word that you don't really kind of. Standing around with your hands in your pockets looking all over the place when the national anthem is playing.
7: But respecting somebody else's the national anthem is very really impressive. It, Carl Tubin.
0: I didn't see I didn't see that particular situation but you know that's part of the Olympics they should not have been giving gold medals when there was a uh, race going on. So uh, I mean that's
3: bad playing on their part. Yes. Yep. Right. Uh, so, All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back in about uh, three minutes.
2: You know, Shelly's Backroom has been hosting Backroom Politics for seven years. Seven years. It's still unbelievable we've been doing it that long. But make no mistake about it, Shelly's Backroom is one of a kind in Washington, D.C. Shelly's is a comfortable retreat for cigar aficionados and those who simply want to unwind. The casual but elegant space features soft lighting, cozy couches, and overstuffed chairs. Shelly's back room is a cigar-friendly establishment, but the state-of-the-art air purification system keeps the atmosphere comfortable for smokers and non-smokers alike. Sit back and enjoy yourself while chatting with friends or watching one of the eight high-definition TVs. Or come by any Tuesday, enjoy your favorite cigar or one of the signature cocktails, and watch how backroom politics is made. Convenient to public transportation and the sights of the nation's capital, Shelley's is easily dividable to accommodate intimate gatherings or large-scale special events. Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. As Bob says, it's the place to be. time. Room politics.
3: And yeah, we're back. So about 10 days ago, the area in and around Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, suffered some, uh, some major flooding. Uh, I don't think uh, images like this have been seen since the days of Hurricane Katrina. Um, while most of the relief and recovery work was going on, the president was uh, was out of pocket on vacation, and um, of course the uh, the the media and uh, and uh, some of the political uh, some of the presidential candidates turned into a political football. Uh, so let's let's separate some uh, some facts from some fiction, and uh, let's talk about the new political football on the scene. Uh, Denise,
4: you mean whether or not the president should be going down to Louisiana and. Uh, you know, trying to help the situation and people claiming that uh, he's nearly there for a photograph
3: that would be a start yes
4: Yeah. okay you know what folks? 11 years ago um, an amazing amount of people were devastated by Hurricane Katrina I mean it rained and it rained and Noah showed up and I think Noah's brother showed up and maybe his sister showed up and there there were a lot of folks that uh, were on the river and um, were rescued well after it dried out um, 11 years ago people left they left to go to Houston they left to go to Baton Rouge and they left because they said to themselves this will never happen in Baton Rouge and then it did and the rain came and Noah showed up again and you know over 60,000 houses have been damaged this isn't a political football this isn't the president going down and getting a photo off. this is the president going down and saying oh my god yet again and you know twice in 11 years this state has been ravaged by water and what can i do to help you so you know i, I you know get the cynicism out of thought so these people have lost their homes the president's going down there to help and the best way he can help is to see what happens and i say that because you're going to have to trigger the stafford act you're going to have to open up the coffers you're going to have to make sure that he fully understands what all the US agencies under him are going to have to do to make sure these men and women and their families can go back into their homes. Should President Obama's yeah,
5: got he's got to say good job,
3: Brownie. Is is
1: is <laughs> 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 We're gonna to get to that
3: here in a moment. Should President yeah. Obama have gone have, have been there, have gotten there sooner? No.
6: No.
5: Why? I and mean, I can't remember who it was that that said this. But I remember I had an incident smaller big flood in my district and I have big floods in my district every year anyway and I, I noticed that every time I showed up early on everything stopped you know to brief the congressman on you know all of that and so I didn't go one reporter from the Seattle Times just eviscerated me for not showing up you know and I, I think that, pass a law and say that the top ones can't show up for at least 48 hours because they will bring everything to a halt that needs to be done.
0: Well, first of all, um, you know, when when the president goes down, everything stops, and and, uh, uh, it really causes a lot of um you need to uh, do that for
5: presidents too
0: they don't just yeah it, it really it, it really it, it slows everything down <clears throat> so he sent his secretary of the homeland security down um uh, uh, he had fema down there and and it's just it's it's really you know if i go uh Hopefully, I can talk to people and, as Al says, see what's going on and <clears throat> see all the damage. And, and then, then, when he comes back, hopefully he goes to Congress. Uh, FEMA, I know right now, is, is a low on money, and, and a lot of people don't want to give them more money. And, and <clears throat> this boosts his, uh, his arguments as to why FEMA needs the money
7: okay well a couple of things with the current flooding and contextualizing how this compares and contrasts to katrina so part of the reason the president showed up in louisiana it's worth noting that uh gov- the governor believe uh, it's john bell edwards
1: mm-hmm. um democrat uh,
7: governor democratic newly elected relatively yeah. newly elected governor of louisiana has said explicitly, you know, if the president wants to take his time coming, that's okay. We have other things to do. But unfortunately, uh, the Republican nominee Donald Trump did go, and there's pictures of him handing out food yeah, and canned goods. I I don't blame him for that. Okay. But the undertone with this is Katrina, and part of the issues with Katrina is there's the famous picture of of uh, President george w bush looking out of the window of air force one as it flies over the devastation of katrina and him not cutting his vacations short in response to that that was the optics the, the, the larger issue with katrina was after reorganization of, during the creation of the department of homeland security which fema now falls under that fema was basically a non-functional government disaster and was, was incapable of responding to the disaster so much so that even when the president uh, when president george w bush made an appearance in mississippi with then senate majority leader trent lott whose house was literally blown away oh and the two of them on in, on in front of microphones and press said these things are absolutely going to happen you have two the most powerful person in the country with the most powerful representative in the Senate, and then the response that occurred, it still didn't happen, which was unfathomable to me, watching the government be so dysfunctional with that level of force being put on a small portion of the disaster. So that's the contrast to that. It is, and but, 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 but the president going there does bring attention, and it has been said and I am I'm, I'm as guilty as many people because the flooding was is kind of a slow motion disaster the way it happened. Uh, when Katrina happened, it happened and it was a huge bang. The, the flooding has happened over time and national media hasn't grabbed hold of it. And it, everything from the Red Cross has said, they're not getting the donations that they need to support the victims in Louisiana. So the president can bring that kind of attention. So it there there is something there but I don't think making it political football is the right approach Moore, well, you can't excuse me but you, Congressman can't,
5: L- you can't send the president out to shitty you've gone to Ellicott city my my daughter lives on the hill just above Ellicott. Ellicott city was absolutely destroyed should the president have gone there my argument is absolutely not you know they they had work to do and they didn't need to have the the whole load of ceremony that goes whenever the president walks, whether he wants it or not. Alan Moore. Yeah, this is a hard one. You know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, if you go too soon, um, you, it is disruptive. I wouldn't agree that everything stops. It's just that it is a massive diversion for some of the people. Um, And, and uh, having said that you do, in, in these really big disasters, need to go for the reasons that Dan talked about. You need to remind the country, and you create a news event. Not that there isn't a news event, and I would argue that there's been a lot of coverage because there were so many horrendous shots of the the the, the huge mass of land covered, and now it's huge uh, neighborhoods with all the the uh, the the, the the belongings of people out in their front uh, out in their front yards. Um, presidents do need to go. They need to go at a time that is sensitive to uh, respectful of what's going on on the ground. What presidents don't need to do, while the disaster, slow moving as it is, is unfolding, and there's questions about when you go and when you don't go, is go back on the golf course still one more time that's just that's avoidable uh, unfortunate optics
1: yeah
5: i don't Your begrudge works there. i don't begrudge that 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 uh, the that president obama likes to play golf he's played more than 300 rounds during his presidencies somebody's keeping track i am glad that he likes golf i like golf i'm glad that he's got something that can can give him uh uh, a, a little uh, break and a little pleasure. But he messes
3: up parking at Andrews when he
5: goes. Well, that's right. It can be very
1: disruptive
5: and, and have its own political uh, fallout. I, I had a lot of respect for George W. Bush, who loved to play golf, who decided because people were dying in uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan that he was just not going to play any more golf until he was done being president. I respected that. I do think in this particular case, when the controversy was real and live, it was when's he going? When's he going? When's he going? That he's out on the golf course.
3: Denise Quigley.
4: First of all, <laughs> Hurricane Katrina, we had Michael Brown, the most incompetent nincompoop alive. Um, <laughs> how do you really feel? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I did response efforts uh, for Hurricane Katrina. I mean, I we were trying to figure out how to move people, how to move money, how to, you know, I stood in the watch center. I, I mean. I I can tell you it is a um it's a crazy time, uh, when, when you have to do this. Um, and the difference here is we have Craig Puget who is an amazing, absolutely amazing and outstanding FEMA administrator. So um, you know, he's trained, he knows the subjects, unlike Michael's, why well, think he needs the courses. Uh, yeah. So there is a very stark um, comparison between the two uh, men in charge of FEMA. And, you know, Craig Hugate will make sure that what happened under Michael Brown will not happen again.
5: And I might point Turns out, out that, that that variation in the competency of FEMA has been around for a long time. It I has. went through enough floods in my own district to have seen FEMA at its best and FEMA at its worst. And I never didn't get to the bottom of why, but some you know, somebody,
4: you know, it and, and it varies, and and thank goodness Craig is there, and um, he he's really 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 good, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Now to go back to the golf, um, I'm gonna should the president be golfing while people are losing their house? I'm not going to weigh in on that because I can tell you, somebody who stood in the watch center and who you know was working the 80 to 100 hour week post Katrina, I know I didn't want the president down there because it would have been a time suck. I mean, we had so much finite time and we couldn't devote it to the president. We had to devote it to response efforts. So but that's I, why he delayed. It. I distinctly
3: remember the president being pilloried, President Bush being pilloried by 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 Democrats and media alike. Because he he made the comment, I don't want to go down there because I'll be a distraction. Those were his words.
4: But he had Michael Brown, and the problem that he had was that Honoré had to come in and save his butt. And after Honoré came in and saved his butt with the National Guard, then he had to make Thad Allen in charge. It was the most insane situation I ever
5: had. He had problems with the governor, and he had problems with the mayor. I don't know why we're relitigating Katrina. True, true. Um, True. uh, You know, there were all sorts of problems, but it wasn't just one guy. Um, one one disaster then and one miracle man now. It's it's an entire agency that is, has that is made lots of changes, improved, probably have these ups and downs um, usually, uh, over time. Usually associated with funding. Yes. Oftentimes. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not just funding. The Disasters go away and Congress cuts the funding.
7: Cuts the funding. It's yeah. not just the funding. That's, that's not just funding. And, and I definitely hear what Alan thing saying and what Admiral Kenneth said. That That is but this is where how media chooses to to make create the headline versus the substance. Having competent people running things that understand things matter. It matters, and a a soundbite doesn't quite hit the point. Now, while I wasn't there for Katrina, I was in Miami when Hurricane Andrew hit, and that blew through and created a huge amount of disruption. And I have distinct memories of, I'm trying to remember the the disaster person in Miami-Dade County who stood out, and after three days had passed, people were homeless, there was no food coming through, there were still roads being blocked and saying, quoting, where the hell is the cavalry? It was at that point, Washington responded, and then President George Herbert Walker Bush made an appearance, and then things started happening. And things shouldn't have to come to that level for government to function. And and this is the circling back to Trump in the presidency or whoever in the presidency, those who you trust with the power of the executive who are essentially the hands of the president that you post at the head, the leadership positions of all these agencies absolutely matters. Even if funding is at issue, the ha- knowing what you need, what to ask for, and how to do it truly matters. And just going with the press is, going for the, e- for the easy play of somebody's playing golf or George W. Bush looking out the window or not showing up or cutting his vacation isn't the actual substance of the issue. Unfortunately, media doesn't go into the, the, the nuts and bolts of it in detail where people can follow it easily. That doesn't happen until later. But it's a conversation that does need to be had, and unfortunately, that competence conversation isn't being had in this presidential election. I mean, that's the kind of thing that truly matters. That's where Alan Moore. I, I,
5: I uh, uh, you can't argue that competency doesn't uh, doesn't matter. Competency, competency matters a lot from the top. Down, we've learned a lot. We're dealing with with historic uh, events, um, possibly linked to climate change. Um, very possibly, perhaps not. Uh, even if it is linked to climate change, it's not clear we know uh, what to do about it. Um, but what we what we what we have done is improved our capacity, not just with one one leader at the top, be it a president or a head of of Homeland Security or head had a FEMA but throughout the organization um, and 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 that's a good thing but unfortunately uh, it looks like we're going to be constantly tested again and again and as Al pointed out with regard to money when there's a big disaster money will flow and then when we go through a quieter period money uh, tends to disappear and we go in a in a, a, a never-ending cycle. We haven't had a big hurricane in years now. Um, we'll get one. We'll Candy. get one. Yeah.
3: We're gonna get
1: one.
5: Um, it, down down in the in the south. Um, Sandy was yes, absolutely. Um, and it, you know that was highly unusual. Um, and uh, uh, so it goes in cycles. And but but optics do matter. Optics matter when somebody shows up and it helps bring attention and. And we'll, we'll help bring more money and more attention and more volunteers. And Optics Matters, when when uh, I'm laughing because there was this this, this photo that I saw of, of a superimposed o- o- um, President Obama chipping a golf shot on the roof of a submerged car down in, in Baton Rouge just to say, you know, who's doing what right now. And I, as I said, I don't have a quarrel with him generally playing golf or waiting for the right time. I just think that when a disaster is unfolding and you're the president, um, stay off the golf course, stay home, uh, do, do something else and wait, uh, come back to Washington if you, a day or two early if you need to, um, and then go down there, which
3: you did today. And, I, and I'm, those things do matter. They make a difference. One people, of the things that, that's, the, a number of things have changed uh, in the days and years since Katrina, um, and government at the executive level has changed, even inside the military. Uh, Northcom, which is the uh, military uh, component commander from North America, has got a whole staff of people who sit around and do nothing but look at uh, national emergency issues: forest fires, floods, um, uh, earthquakes, the whole nine yards. Um, there are officers inside of the reserve uh, component now called NEPLOS. Uh, I think they're the, they're the liaison. So their their job is to work with the military to say, no, no, we don't need helicopters, we need airplanes, we need. Uh, we need fresh water, not diesel fuel. So I think the whole of government has had to really, really take seriously uh, what it needs to do from a reaction perspective to national-level national, national level, uh, you know, issues like, like flooding uh, in New Zealand. Uh, with that, we're going to turn to uh, Justin's uh, favorite part of the segment, and I, I suspect uh, is the favorite of several other people here uh, on the panel, Tell me a story. Congressman Al. Justin will be back next week. <laughs> really? Am I doing that forward a job? Really? You're doing a beautiful job. but uh, You missed Justin.
1: Uh,
5: well, we have him here as Frankenstein on the. <laughs> <laughs> little, little. I think it's maybe not Al's
1: favorite part of the program.
5: Oh, okay. That is <laughs> <Because laughs> the part you're missing. Kim. Oh, okay. Got gotcha.
4: Bob Lines. No story. I'm That's Bob. Denise? All right. I want to say thank you to Senator Grassley. And the reason I want to say thank you to Senator Grassley is because of a, a little bit of a, a Don Quixote quest that I started um, a year ago. Uh, a year ago, I toyed the Department of Justice for information regarding the crimes occurring in Washington D.C. And Justice originally came back and said, No, no, we don't have the information. I I peeled that decision, and he said, No, no, really, truly, we don't have that information. And then I sued them, and I said, and they still said, no, no, we still don't have that information. We we still don't know um, how many people are being prosecuted for crimes occurring in Washington, D.C. Well, what I didn't know when I was foying and then suing was that Senator Grassley, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, sent a letter to the Justice Department and said, so, you know, there's this U.S. attorney that you guys want me to confirm, and I got a couple of questions for you. And one of them is about this this really this kind of this, this lady named Denise Krepp, and um, I hear she's voided you. Um, so why don't you hand me that data? And uh, lo and behold, <laughs> Justice did. Justice gave Senator Grassley the crime data that I had been looking for. Not only did they give it to Senator Grassley, they said, "Well, Senator." Now that we've given you the information, will you confirm the U.S. attorney? Wow.
5: Denise crept like that with
3: Charles
4: Grassley, Grassley Republican, Republican of Ohio. Yes. So history. It, 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 it,
3: it's it, snowing it, in hell right it, now, isn't it? Right now. <laughs>
4: in but, the you, but you know what? The law sits still on because. While Justice gave the information to Grassley, they filed a motion of summary judgment against me and said we still don't have it. So we went back to the judge and said, um, Judge, we got a little problem here. While they're claiming they don't have it, they gave it to the senator. What do you think?
1: And the
5: judge has not spoken yet?
4: Not yet.
7: That's a sanctionable offense.
5: If it yeah. exists and they don't. Yeah. I I I, would, I would Yeah, that's a problem. Go ahead. That, for now. Might, that, and I'm sure Alan knows this and anybody that's worked in government. There are every time I used to hear a constituent bitch about the government not working and I would try to defend it because most of the time it does. But I personally ran into several instances as a congressman where I was lied to by the energy department. I, you know, they're, they're hiding information, uh, doing terrible things. Yeah. And it
3: does happen. So you say, Jason Chavis is keep up doing you know what he's doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who? Yeah. Jason Chavis. Congress, that's
3: you, In 1960, <clears throat> Maryland had
1: the largest...
0: Catholic vote in the country, the largest voting Catholics in the country. So one day, as executive director, I'm downstairs in the hotel setting up for an event that evening. I come walking up to my office, and I open the door, and I hear noise coming out of my room office, and I turn there, and there was about four or five people, and Bobby Kennedy Leaning against the credenza with his arms folded, and he said, "Hi, uh, hi, Carl. How are you?" I said, "Fine. How are you, Mr. Kennedy?" He says, "No, no. You call me Bobby." And this went on for six weeks, and we it, it got to be Carl, Carl and Bobby. Uh, it's a we'll deal. We won the prom, we won the uh, the primary to get to the convention. And I got there a few days early. I come down to the lobby to go to a meeting at the headquarters. He runs up to me and he says, Hi, my name is Bobby Kennedy. My brother's running for president. I hope you'll support him. I said, Bobby, you've got my support. I come out of the meeting. Same thing. I run upstairs and come down for another meeting again. So finally, on the fourth time, he comes up to me. And says, my name is Bobby Tenenberg. I said, Bobby, what's going on here? Said, we know each other. We're, we're, we're kind of friends. And being in the battle together. <laughs> right. He said, yes. He says, I know we're friends. And that's why I'm doing this with you, because I'm practicing for other people. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hell more. <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: he this is Very good.
1: Along with
5: all the other troubling things uh, unfolding in this presidential campaign is a new attack on, uh, uh, on Hillary Clinton's health. Um, rumors, go to the internet, says Rudy Giuliani, hear about these rumors, um, photos that show uh, somebody helping her after she stumbles on a stair. God, I wish I had somebody around me to help me when I stumble on a stair, because it happens every now and then. Um, I hear for you. Well, but you're not. So you got to be by my side at all times. Um, and uh, I I personally believe that when you have a 69 or 70-year-old candidate, that health is a legitimate issue. Um, Donald Trump is trying to sort of subtly talk about her lack of stamina, um uh, and and uh, I think that's just a veiled reference to these these sort of internet circulating rumors. I would invite I think I think uh, Secretary Clinton is has uh, produced several pages of health reports. John McCain, if I remember correctly, produced over a thousand pages of health reports probably to talk about Too much information, TMI. Um, (laughs) Donald Trump has produced four paragraphs from some general practitioner who had served him, who, who made the extraordinary final comment that Donald Trump was the most physically fit candidate for president in the history of the country. Now, that is so absurd on its face. That I would like to see more personal health information about Donald Trump. We'll probably see it about the time we see his tax returns, which <laughs> likely will be never. Um, but but uh, I think it's legit. And if there's new information about Secretary Clinton, let's see it. But otherwise, uh, let's put up or shut up. If you're uh, Donald Trump on this one.
7: Woo-hoo! Caleb. So Mike Tell Me a Story is actually just a little reference that I caught in the Wall Street Journal today, Um, and it's, assuming the reporter who reported it said it, researched it accurately, as of June, not a single registered lobbyist has donated to the Trump campaign at all in D.C., which is... Now, obviously, that is spinable saying he's not in the pockets of DC lobbyists. Yeah, he's however, a clean guy running. Ha- ha- however, the flip side of that is, what on earth does that suggest of the DC establishment that no one that is a registered lobbyist that's donated to the Trump campaign? Call me a skeptic. Doesn't doesn't make sense. So so, the Wall Street nice. Journal, attempts, it's not the editorial page, actual reporting. So, it's amazing. so um, it's amazing.
3: My, uh, my contribution is, um, is uh, from uh, my, my personal life. I had a uh, friend of mine who is a very ardent uh, friend and neighbor who's a very ardent uh, Trump supporter, uh, and I were having a little telephone. Yeah, so, well, it yeah. started as, as a text conversation, but I believe texting should be limited to, yeah, okay, uh-huh. So I picked up the phone and, and, uh, and gave him a call, and we started having a conversation and he asked me point blank you know what my intentions were and i said i'm not really sure yet and he took it upon himself to inform me that you know anything less than a vote for trump would be a vote for hillary clinton and so i thought about it for a minute and i said you know what you're not going to put that on me i said that uh you know what i refuse to be guilted into anything if this country if my party was really paying attention to what was really good for the country we wouldn't even be talking about a trump candidacy And uh, with that, our conversation ended. Hopefully our friendship didn't, but uh, gentlemen should be able to agree to disagree. Uh, This has been Backroom Politics. Uh, We're on every Tuesday from 4 to 6 Eastern. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, backroompolitics.org, and we're at blogtalkradio.com. That's good sidewire. And sidewire. Thank you very much. Uh, You can send your critique of my performance today to my mom, (laughs) <laughs> i'm not going to give you i'm not going to give you her email address but you can you can you can send you can send the cure of uh, justin at backroompolitics.org justin we miss you we hope you're having fun out on the left coast spreading conservatism in a manner that only you can do um and uh we are we are we are live from shelley's back room deep in the heart of uh, washington dc bob the place to be thanks a lot good night america